You're listening to the Gate Charlotte Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. <laughs> How many enjoyed Danny last weekend? My goodness. My goodness. I always say one of the fun things about having people come to your church is that even if you've seen them other places, it's like a, it's like a, a combination of ingredients. You may have heard Danny preach somewhere, but you never heard him preach at the gate. And it's like these two graces come together, the grace that God's given this house and the grace that God's given Danny, and you get to experience something unique that you don't get to experience anywhere else other than right here. And um, it was so, so, I mean, my goodness, Sunday night, I'm still, no one has, at least from I've heard of, has really broken down so much about the handoff, the handoff. We hear a lot of people saying it needs to happen. We hear a lot of people upset that it's not happening right. But someone to come in and, and walk the room through a generational blessing back and forth, a thank you, a blessing, was like, my goodness. It was powerful. And uh, so it was so good. Today, I want to talk to you about dreaming. Um, I got a, a fun graphic that will probably make it up there at some point. Talk to you. I don't have the laptop like Danny. He, he, he runs his own show. Um, I want to talk to you about being dreamers. You are called to be a dreamer. Look at somebody next to you and say, keep dreaming. Maybe look at them and say, start dreaming. I believe that one, one of the things is I was praying into this. <laughs> Some of you took that sarcastically. Every time you say, keep dreaming, you say, keep dreaming. No, don't be sarcastic. Keep dreaming. I feel like one of the things that are a testimony to a culture where God is moving, a culture where there is health, a culture that something's going right is you end up with a whole lot of people dreaming. You're quiet. You end up with a whole lot of people dreaming. You end up with an atmosphere where you can share your dreams and people hear you out. And they like to hear your dreams. This idea on dreaming, I've, I've, I think, is actually much more important than we might think it is. In Proverbs 13, 12, it says, it's a proverb we're all pretty familiar with. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a longing fulfilled, a dream fulfilled, is a tree of life. Proverbs 13, 12 in the Passion Translation is fun. It says, when, hope, when hope's dream seems to drag on and on, anyone feel like your dreams have dragged on and on and on? Some of you are just not going to answer me whatever I say this morning. <laughs> Those of you that have no dreams that are dragging, I need to talk to you. But the, the rest of you, how many know when dreams drag on and on and on? And you've gotten 14 people that have given you prophetic words, and it's still dragging on and on. It says the delay can be depressing. You, you got more excited about the depressing part. The delay can be depressing. When at last your dream comes true, life's sweetness will satisfy your soul. Oh, that's so good. 
we have been created in the image of God. You are created in the image of the greatest dreamer ever. He is an absolute, God is a dreamer. We are designed to dream. I was thinking about calling it designed to dream this morning, but just kept landing on we are designed to dream. You were created when he, when he knew that, hey, that, here's what's going to happen in your life. Part of your life was he has dreams for you. And he wants you to step into your dreams. Without dreaming, we begin dying. A, a dreamless believer is a lifeless believer. A dreamless believer will begin to die from the inside out, and you will begin to, the first, the first symptom will be your language. The first symptom that you'll begin to notice, maybe even I could take it one symptom back. Maybe one of the first symptoms will be you get irritated around dreamers. You know, you, 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 you want to hang around young people, and they're dreaming, man, I'm going to change the world. Well, <laughs> get your hopes up. What a terrible statement. Don't get your hopes up. But haven't we all heard that? Don't get your hopes up. Well, this is wisdom. No, this is wisdom. It's, it's fear acting like wisdom. Fear will act like wisdom. Fear will dress up like wisdom. And, well, let's just hold that back a little bit. We don't want to go crazy. We don't want to, we don't want to fail. And you begin to spew out just hopeless language. It's, it's something that I, I try in life to have things that they're like, they're, they're my, my warning light in my car. It's like, you know, you, you try not to have the warning light come on, but at least most of us do. But if it does come on, I pay attention. And when that warning light comes on, when the warning light for my life begins to, I get uncomfortable around other people's dreams, it's a really good flag to me. Number one, I am not dreaming enough. Once that happens, we don't want to hang around people that are dreaming. We start getting toxic in our language, and we start killing other people's dreams. In the name of wisdom, in the name of care. In the name of, I don't want you to get hurt. There's a really big problem here. It's a bigger problem than we know because our design, we are created by God to be dreamers. Dreaming isn't something, I think, with believers that's like, let's, uh, let's win people to Jesus and maybe in our spare time we can dream. Let's, let's do the work of the Lord but hopefully we can, maybe one day when I retire, I'll get to dream. Y'all quiet in this room. Dreaming isn't something extracurricular in the life of a, a child of God. It's not like we put away dreams for important things. What's important in our life is often determined by what our dream is. Often, if you don't have a dream, you're making the wrong things important things. 
We have things in our life that God puts before us that are things that drive us. They pull us. They push us. They're things that's amazing. I love watching athletes. I don't care what the sport is. I just love seeing what athletes can push themselves to do because of a dream. It's phenomenal watching, you know, some of these, even the younger ones, like the, the girls that are in gymnastics and the, uh, my daughter was in it for years with Sam and her gym, and I just, I remember watching them push themselves. They just push themselves to do things that's like, you know, <laughs> oh, somebody's kid screaming. Um, oh, there you go. <laughs> Parent shame. <laughs> no, um, I just, I've watched people that will push themselves and push themselves, and I remember I've got it on a video where it's like, I can't do that, I can't do that, I can't do that. And then all of a sudden, people keep getting around your dreams. No, no, don't stop dreaming. Don't stop dreaming. Keep trying. All of a sudden, it gets closer. Wait a minute. I might be able to do that. And then, and then, and then you fall again. And then, but no, I think I can do it. And then you do it. <sighs> I would love to see that be the culture in church. <laughs> in church, you can do it. Keep trying. You got this. You got this. Don't give up on the dream. I don't want to dream too big. You can't dream too big. You you think too much of yourself if you think you can dream too big. You can't outdream God. And we see this, we see this idea that dreams fulfilled, it said in Proverbs, says that it is a tree of life. This tree of life, what is that? It's it's nourishment to us. So what happens when dreams happen? Our, our, I believe, spirit, soul, body, I believe all of it can be nourished. I, I believe with all my heart that dreams fulfilled will nourish you. I believe dreams unfulfilled will make you sick. I believe that you can become physically sick from dreams unfulfilled. I've met people that are so heartbroken over things that they felt like they were going to do in life that they were literally sick. John 10.10 tells us that the enemy comes to what? He comes to steal, he comes to kill, and he comes to destroy. I want you to think about this a minute. I want you to think about these two scriptures side by side. Proverbs, that dreams unfulfilled will make you sick, but fulfilled, they nourish you. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. What's the point? All he has to do first is to steal your dreams. If he can steal your dreams first... He can kill your hope. And a hopeless believer, it's, it's, it's pretty well downhill from there until you get your hope back. So what dreams have died? I, I, what dreams, what has died? And don't, don't look at them as those are unimportant dreams. I, we over-spiritualize things. What dreams did you have? What dreams as a child did you have? What dreams do you have now? Maybe you don't have any dreams. Maybe you feel like they've all died. Maybe you've tossed those dreams out from, my goodness, there's fear, there's, there's doubt, rejection, pain, betrayal, loss. How do you even know when your dreams are dead? Psalms 20, verse 4 says this, May he give you the desires of your heart 
and all your plans succeed. That's an amen right there. Go for it. I'm going to read it again. You missed that one. Slow pitch, guys. May he give you the desires of your heart and all your plans succeed. It amazes me when I preach on topics like this, people get uncomfortable. Because we're more comfortable with other topics that feel more spiritual because we've been told all our life that our dreams are not spiritual. You are in Christ. You are a spiritual being. His dreams are in you. Your dreams are his dreams. Stop drawing lines that Jesus never drew. Jesus didn't come in like we do. Well, this is for the Christians or this is for these people. I just can't find that. Right about here is where fear starts getting in. Well, it's, you know, it's not, <laughs> it can't be all about the desires of my heart. It has to be about his heart. And, and we know what it says in Jeremiah. It says that you can't know a man's heart. Man's heart is evil, evil. So if it's in my heart, according to Jeremiah, things in my heart are evil. There's a problem with that. It's very simple yet very profound, like the biggest thing that ever happened in the Bible. That wasn't your covenant. In your covenant, it says that, and you will get a new, and you will get a new, and you will get a new heart. What does that mean? Your heart's no longer evil because your heart is no longer your heart. Your heart is his heart. He gave you a new heart. So dream on, man. There was no, no arrow. Yeah. As soon as I said it, everyone over a certain age was like hearing tunes in their head. Um, I just saw a roller coaster that scared me to death. That's what I saw. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Dream, dream. He said to just... It fulfills you. It's the tree of life. Dreams have a purpose. We, we, know, we don't have to fear our heart. We don't have to fear evil dreams. And I'll, I'll talk about a little bit about that at the end. How do we handle those dreams? But he cares about your dreams. Just, just tell somebody around you with a smile. He cares about your dreams. It's so important that you say that to them. Some of these people have not heard that. They really don't think that God cares about their dreams. He cares about your dreams. He really, really cares about your dreams because he put them there. Why? Because dreams will so often point to our purpose in life. Dreams have such an identifying fact about us that we're unique. My dreams are not the same as your dreams. It's, it's so important. Remember in John 13, it said that you will be known as my disciples by your love for me. Remember that scripture? That answers the who we are. You'll be known by the, the love that you have for each other. That's, people are going to know whose you are. But the why we are is connected to our dreams. The things that we have in our life that God has 
calling us into our dreams. Now, I know some of you are going to overthink all of this, and there's a lot of things that we could talk about of getting to dreams. There's a lot of hindrances. There's a lot of barriers. There's things that, you know, I wish we could just say, turn on the switch and dream again. It's not always that easy, but the first thing you have to do is to give yourself permission to dream again. What are your dreams? doesn't have to be spiritual. Maybe it's to run a marathon. That's not a dream of mine. But maybe it's to run. Maybe it's to write a book. Maybe it's to visit a certain country. I started writing down dreams with the goal to get 100 on paper. It's very hard. You sit down and you immediately realize, I have all my prophetic words written down and none of my dreams because I feel like prophetic words are more important because they're God's and my dreams are not. And there is not the same value. And you start, well, what do I want to do? Well, that doesn't sound holy. I want to go to Ireland just because people look like me there. I want to find my tribe. (laughs) Serious, that's on my list. I'm going to go to Ireland. I want to go to Italy too, but not to find people that look like me. (laughs) My mom. (laughs) But I I got these things on my list. I'm I'm writing them down. They're dreams of mine. A dream of mine is to hand all of my children off to a godly spouse. That's a dream. That's a dream. My, my dream, I mean, for my girls, it's a long time from now. Um, let me just throw that out there. But um, my, my, stop, Tiffany. Um, stop, babe. Stop it. We are in public. Stop. Um, <laughs> I'll get all the men. You get all the women. <laughs> I, 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 my, my dreams, I mean, I started writing them down. I was like, a hundred dreams, man. What? And then some like things that felt silly started coming up. I'm like, should I write this down? You know? I was like, I'll write it down. I'm not telling you those ones. <laughs> and I'm writing them down, and I'm like, dream. I want to dream with you, God. I want to dream with you because I know that there's life in those dreams. Let me, I, I, let me talk about something just unique that happened last weekend. Um, it was, it was for, for me and Tiffany, Danny's had a huge impact on our life. Like, like some of you, it's the first time you heard him. Maybe you've heard his name. Maybe you've read a book or two. Like, like for us, like we've taken, you don't know how many couples we've taken through his premarital counseling. Um, we've went through so many things, and, and it's a, such an impact on our life that it was a, it was a dream to spend time with him. I'll, I'll tell you the full story because it's kind of funny. So I'm, you know, this is a little intimate. I don't know him. I don't, I don't know him at all. And I look at the flights, and it's like, okay, he shows up Friday, oh, early in the day, and oh, leaves Monday night. What am I going to do all that time with somebody I don't know? And, and all of a sudden, like, fear starting to come in, like, what do I do? I knew if we sh- shot guns, that would win. So we put that on the list. Him coming is, he's just a man. It's not about him. It's about a dream that was fulfilled, that brought life. 
And after he left, I told Tiffany, I said, there is such peace on our family right now. Like, I can't explain it. So peaceful. The farm is peaceful. The house is peaceful. Everything's peaceful. And it was like the nourishment of a dream happening. I felt it in my family. We were being, there was was nourishment. How many pastors aren't allowed to dream because they have to do the work of the Lord? And they're malnourished because they don't feel like they can dream. Or maybe they dreamed a few times and some church members beat it out of them. It's not just pastors. I feel like we're coming into a, my passion, my, my desire is to see a revival of dreams. I want to see a revival of dreams. I want to see people that had dreams that they begin to revive. They come alive. What would it look like to just get a room full? I mean, just to get a room full of people. Let's just dream. Let's have a dream meeting. That sounds weird. Well, we have prayer meetings. We have vision meetings. We have board meetings. We have staff meetings. Volunteer meetings. Tiffany, I feel like some frustration off you up front. She's like, this meeting, this meeting. What about just dream meetings? Hey, 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 let's get in the room. Let me tell you something that can be really hard with dream meetings, and this is for some of you people with the brain, your administrators. Administrators, if you're not careful, can kill a dream really quick. I love you, but you can be dream killers. Because they're saying, well, wait a minute. For this to happen, for us to do this, we have to have this, 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 this in place. And, and how in the world? And all of a sudden you're going, oh, man, this felt better when God was telling me about this dream. Now and now it feels like, or 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 people that are like the finance people. Well, well, how are you going to pay for that dream? How are you going to pay for this, 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 and this? What a buzzkill! Like you know, I I tell people, I tell people around me, I'm going to dream. I will, I'm intentional. Don't you dare tell me any. I'm. I will tell them. Don't you come in with facts. Don't you come in with budgets. I'm not pulling any triggers. I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming. And just like Jesus could show people out the door. <laughs> Shogun. I've never done that. I've never done that. I'll leave and go dream with someone else. But <laughs> I, I find people that I can dream with. I find the people that I can gather together with. And like, man, can you just imagine like a dream? What would it be like if we had Danny Silk? We'll be like, you see, the other people are like, you're never going to get Danny. He doesn't travel anymore. You can't get Danny. You're too small of a church. You can't, and, and blah, 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 blah. I was telling myself those things. Now it's getting real vulnerable. The Lord convicted me. And I had, I had bought into a lie in my mind that I wasn't of high enough status to hang out with people like that. 
I, I met him at your event, Jonathan. Actually, two, I think he was at two of them. And um, I just walked away thinking, that's never going to happen. There's no relationship there. And, and then I began to, you know how you begin to convince yourself? You begin to come up with, you're, man, we're great at reasoning ourselves out of dreams. We're, I'm like, well, yeah, it's, you know, I'm never going to get to hang out with him. He's not in my circle. I have my circle. He has his circle. And I had had all these excuses where I had built myself a little palace of safety. Why? Because my drawbridge is up. No pain here. And then God said, did I ever tell you that? Man, I hate it when you're always right. <laughs> Some of you got that. Um, he's always right. And he said, change your thinking. I said, all right. You know, you start slow. Maybe. <laughs> it's real faithful, right? It could happen. And then you begin... Yeah, with God, all things. You're getting spiritual, putting out scriptures, you know. And the thinking begins to just transition. And all of a sudden, as you begin to see what God sees in you, you begin to see your dreams are not that far off. And you begin to dream. I'm off point, but I'm on point. It's my story. You're stuck listening to me for a little bit longer. Someone's standing in front of the clock, so I actually don't know what time. Oh, there it is. Okay. I just saw a nine on the end. I thought we could be anywhere. 11.29, 11.39. God is a dreamer. You can't. He is the greatest dreamer. You want to know why? Because he's the greatest creator, and you can't create what you can't dream. How do you dream? How do you create? You have to dream it first. It's, it's not like it just poof, comes out. There's a dreaming process. Creators, creators are, I love creative people. That's one of the things I loved hearing from um, Adrian and Emmanuel on Wednesday night was hearing their, their little partnership here because it was like Adrian just, the favor of God is all over them hearing their stories of like companies that you know, everything from Lending Tree to Starbucks to CEOs of all the big banks, throwing money at them. She tried to turn some of it down because she got so tired of filling out. They make you fill out um, these forms, grants. She's like, she's pregnant. She's like, I'm so tired. They're so long. And another bank's like, no, you have to do this. We already have your money. They were like making them take the money. But Emmanuel, he's a solutions guy. And so he just listens to the Holy Spirit of how can I provide solutions. You know what that is? That's an intentional dreamer. Creators are intentional dreamers. They're people that intentionally set aside time to dream. Dreaming is like everything else in life. If you just say it'll happen when there's time, it'll never happen. You have to set aside to dream. What does that look like? Maybe you need to go out. Where's your place that you connect with God? Maybe it's on the water. Maybe it's in the woods. Maybe it's on a mountain. Maybe whatever that is, where do you connect with him? Get with him and say, God, I want to dream again. I want to dream again. 
I would like to challenge you that the idea of dying dreams, we often think dying dreams are the symptom of something else in life. This, this, this has not happened, so our dreams are dying. But I would like you to consider because your dreams are dying, this, this, and this are happening. I want you to look at it from a different perspective. The Bible says that these things, these longing in your heart, when they don't happen, you get sick. We think, I'm getting sick and my dreams are dying. The scripture says, when your dreams start dying, you're going to get sick. So maybe dreams are more important than we think they are. Maybe your, your nourishment is in your dream life. Oh, God has better things to do than to worry about my silly dreams. Parents, isn't it fun to give your kids gifts? Yes. I, I, it's so much more fun to give my kids a gift than to get a gift. Like, the only thing about as fun is to watch my kids give me a gift because I see the same joy on them like, to, to get it, to give it to me, which is great because it's like, okay, we're doing something right. But is there not, there's nothing better than like putting like gifts under the tree, which, by the way, my wife has reminded me many times. Yesterday was 99 days till Christmas. So for all of you hardcore people, now is your moment to shine. We're in the double digits. <laughs> the struggle's real, people. The struggle's real. I, but but isn't it's such it's so much fun to put these these gifts around around the tree and to watch your kids start to dream like what could it be? And they're dreaming, right? They're dreaming big, man. Sometimes you're like, oh boy, I didn't get anything that good. And they're they're dreaming, man. They're dreaming. And, and like I, I see like like the Father God and He's got these gifts and, and we're just, oh man, I'm dreaming. I want to dream. And, and do you really think he would come in and say, don't dream so big? My gifts aren't that great. <laughs> Tone it down, buddy. Budget was tight this year. <laughs> Hold back a little bit. And, and he doesn't give the same gifts. That's the other thing. I feel like the dreams of people, you get into circles and they're all the same. The church. It's like the church dreams. He doesn't give all of his kids. How boring would Christmas be if every kid got the same gift? Well, you got that too. Oh, yeah, we, we have doubles of everything. No, my kids don't want the same things. They're different kids. They have different personalities. And so you're, you're thinking, oh, man, that's going to be great. They're going to love that. That's a dream come true. And you're, you know, I saw, I saw a gift from McKenzie yesterday. She doesn't know I saw it. When I saw a gift at the store, I'm like, oh, that is a dream come true. <laughs> Do you value what he's placed within you? Do you value what he's placed within you? Do you value your, your dreams as much as you do your prophetic words? Do you value, and when I say dreams, I'm talking about just the desires of your heart. They give life. They give life. You can't separate the two. It says in Psalms that he is the giver of life. And then it says in Proverbs that your dreams provide 
nourishment. You can't separate them. You were designed to dream. Well, well what, if I, what if I have bad dreams? What if, what if they're unholy? This is the fear. This is the fear thing. We got to work on our fear thing. Because what we're notorious for is when we become fearful of something, we throw it all out. You wouldn't have the word of God if Jesus was fearful of what you would do with it. People misuse the Bible. He did not give you the word of God because of fear of misuse. Now we're poking you in the eyeball. Because this is our way of thinking. Fear of misuse determines if I'll do anything. Remember the story of the prodigal son that he, he, he wanted it all. He got it all, and it didn't work out so well. But the beauty is not how he squandered it. That's too bad, right? The beauty is how I love the story. If I, I live out in like pretty, pretty farmland. I can see pretty far. But here's the thing. To see his son afar off, he had to be looking. He wasn't inside doing his thing, and then, no, he was looking. He was looking, waiting, just watching, and here he comes, and, oh, it should be the story. It's really the story about the father. It's really the story about how the father said, it's all yours. Whoa, 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 he blew it. Yep. It's called grace. Well, we need to be careful not to give him too much again because he blew it. There's no minimum, there's not a lesser Holy Spirit. Jesus doesn't give anything in doses. It's all there for you. Think about this. God puts a dream in your heart. And in that dream, he hides life. <laughs> Think about this. It's like a video game, right? Power up, got a life. He has dreams that are there, that he put them there. And in those dreams, he put life. God helps you then fulfill those dreams. And then what happens? When you have a dream fulfilled, you want to dream more. God put a dream here. He stuck some life in it. He helped you step into it. Dream fulfilled. Life. This is, this is the cycle you're meant to live in. This is, it's really a great setup. It's really a great setup. He's called you to dream, and I, I got to keep moving here. But, but he is, well, 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 John, let's not go crazy here. Thank you, whoever said that. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that worketh within us, to him be the glory. Now wait a minute, John, don't go crazy. You can't outdream God. 
He is, he is saying, oh, I, got, I can do way more than you, pal. What's, what's the one thing he's asking for? All glory to him. That's it. That's it. It's yours. I, I didn't... I, I don't get to step into dreams because I'm just some amazing person any different than you. But when I do step into them, I always try to have a heart posture of, oh, thank you. God, this is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> he can dream so much bigger than you. I think some of you, you would, have, you would be amazed if you start sitting down to dream and you'll find out really quickly your dreams are really small. And that's not bad. But you'll begin to find they get bigger. They get bigger. So what's stopping us? Fear. And by the way, I, I, I thought about something. I thought about God. I thought about creation. Let's do something fun. Let me see if I can find it on my notes here. When you begin to think your dreams are weird, I want to show you some pictures. God dreamed that thing. That is called a peacock mantis shrimp. I'm sure you guys knew that. God decided, I'm going to dream into this funky looking thing and create it. Go to the next one. That's fun. That's, that's actually uncomfortable. Um, it's, called, it's the pink see-through Fantasia. All right, move on. Um, that's the frilled shark. That's, that's a pretty fella. That's a good-looking fish right there. All right. That is the Christmas tree worm. Hold on a second. Hold on a second, because it's 98 days till Christmas. Um, these are the things that God thought that was worth taking some time to dream about. I'm trying to put in perspective that when you have a dream and think that's not worth it, he dreamed into these. Let's move on, shall we? Oh, that's fun. That is the uh, squid worm. Mm-hmm. How about we move on to the next one? I love shells. You ever look at a shell? Just, just like pay attention to the detail and you think, God decided, hey, it's worth having some dream time into shells. Every time you go to the beach and you spend hours looking for shells, he dreamed them first. So next time you're thinking that dream is a waste of time, just think about that. We got a couple more. Here's a fun one. A bioluminescent octopus. What does that mean? It glows in the dark before it eats you. I don't know how big. It's probably like this big. I have no idea. I, I, all right, we got a couple more. Here's a fun one. This is the flamingo tongue snail. There you go. That pretty well describes it. A couple more. Here you go. That's a uh, crosota norve. No, I'm not. It's a jellyfish. It's a jellyfish is what it is with a bunch of other names that I can't say. And lastly is a yeti crab. A uh, Yeti crab, which I refer to as Popeye. You got them hairy, big arms. Let me, let me, I, was, I was preparing for this this morning. I'm thinking, people in here are going to be like, my dreams are stupid. 
He took time to create those. When was the last time you've heard of anyone that that had to do with their spiritual life? You know, if it wasn't for the Yeti crab, I don't think I would have ever found the Lord. You know, it was that awkward looking clear thing that drove me to a place of realizing I need Jesus. <laughs> Take it down, Andy. <laughs> he, I, I just think about God. It's like he's in heaven. Like, let's, let's just dream. Let's, let's dream. I think he got worn out by the time the fly came out. He was like, what are we going to call it? Fly. That's the best we got, fly. I, I mean, but he's, he's in heaven dreaming about these things, and I want to encourage you that to free yourself to be like him. Free yourself to dream. Free yourself to dream about what if, I don't know what it is, I want to be a, a designer. Dream. Dream. It doesn't matter if you can't draw. Just start dreaming. You see, you want to know what our hope is? Is that we can, we can steward a culture of dreams, and then what, ha what happens? You get around somebody says, oh, really, that's your passion? That's what I do. I would love to just give you some, some, some advice. Really? I've been told my whole life it's hopeless. Oh, don't listen to that. Listen, and, and by the way, failure is a part of dreaming. Don't. Don't look at it as, I don't want to dream or I will fail. It will probably happen sometime. In a room this big, it's happened to everybody at least once, I'm sure. Fear. Fear comes in. Fear, fear, fear. And maybe it's from history. It could be a failed job. You try to start a business. It was a marriage that failed. It was a hobby that you tried to pick up that failed. It was a ministry that you've... Uh, it fell apart, and you thought God had called you to it. And then what do we do? We, we start to try to find reasons to blame God. Here's what we do. I think God actually wanted me to fail so he could teach me something. I think God had me start that to fail. That sounds like such a dad of the year right there. No. He's just so good at taking your messes and teaching you something from them that you can actually begin to think that the purpose was to fail. He doesn't, he doesn't have you dream to fail. He's just really good at taking your failures. Read stories about athletes. Oh, my goodness, they fail so many times. Read the history of Michael Jordan, one of your local guys who owns our basketball team, who is the GOAT, and I don't care who you think is the GOAT. He is the GOAT. He is the greatest of all time. Yeah. It's generational. He will always be the greatest. And he failed a lot. Nobody believed in him getting going. Not many people. Fear, fear, fear. Yeah, fear comes in, and then we start saying, well, maybe that's God. Why? Because it's easier to blame God than to take responsibility. It's easier to blame God than to say, maybe I, maybe I could have done that differently. Maybe I shouldn't have invested into that. Maybe I built that wrong. Don't always devalue the dream because the outcome didn't end up the way you thought it would.
You don't do that with your kids. I realize, and I don't say this to lift myself up, I think out of all the dreams I have, at least a quarter to half of them involve my kids. Yeah. Um, and it was amazing to start seeing how my dreams are actually in my children. And it began to show me, God, how his dreams are actually in me. Here's something helpful. At least it helps me. I, I realize I failed a number of things. I, but then when I think about God, it's pretty amazing if you think about it. His track record, he's never had one failure. Like forever. For everyone. He has no failure. There's such, there's such a peace in me at knowing that yeah, I can mess this up, but you got this. And we need, we need courage. There's some practicals that we could get into that other people are, could. There's so many wonderful ministries and programs to help. Sometimes you've got to forgive. Sometimes you have to give forgiveness. Sometimes you have to receive forgiveness. Sometimes you're both. You need to forgive yourself and receive it. There, there are so many things. There, there might have been someone that uh, said things like that to you as a child. You'll, you don't, don't dream. You're going to be just like me. You're going to do exactly what your father did. You're going to do this. Quit dreaming. It would be a great idea to forgive them first to erase that voice out of your head. Maybe it's personal growth. Maybe it's realizing that I need to grow some. I didn't say all your dreams would come true right away. I don't walk out of here and take that mindset. I said dream. God is, God is really good at helping us but we have a lot of responsibility. I said, we have a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Like, he, he, he gave you this thing called self-control. Yeah. I know, it's foreign, because <laughs> God controls me. It can't be both. I'm going to stop. I'm getting in trouble on that one. I, God said, you have the choice. You have the choice, and he pointed to it over and over and over through parables, through the garden. He knows that you can't be free without a choice. You couldn't, Adam and Eve couldn't have actually been free without having a bad option to choose from. <laughs> it's a different sermon, but it's important because we have to understand that we, our choices are our choices. Our choices are our choices. And when we begin to dream, sometimes you've made the wrong choices along the way, and that's okay. But don't step back and say, oh, I knew it, I shouldn't be dreaming. This always happens to me. 
I'm going to go back to what I said at the beginning. He created you to dream. You were created in the image of a dreamer. And some of you, I feel it in my spirit, even right now, your dreams, the, the, the death and the dying of dreams has you sick. Your heart sick. And you come and you worship and you pray and you hear sermons and you do the church thing, and why do I feel empty? I've done it all. I've done inner healing. Are you dreaming? Have you freed yourself to dream? I freed myself to dream. And I am a wild dreamer. Crazy stuff. Crazy. You should dream. You were created to dream. And I'm just, I feel the father in this room so strong right now saying, dream. Bring it back to life. He's great at bringing them back to life. Well, that was a kid's dream. Really? You can still wear a tutu. I mean... It's a joke. And then I thought about it, and it threw me off. <laughs> it's awkward. <laughs> what was your dream as a kid? You want to know a dream of mine? Another one? I remember one time standing up here when I was a teenager. Play, I just learned to play the piano. I could play, like, four chords. G, C, D. No, it's three. It's three chords. <laughs> Three chords. Nope, nope, nope. I could play an A minor too. So it's four chords. Four chords. Because I could play this song we used to sing. All right. Y'all ready for this? Waves of Mercy. Does anybody know that song? Waves of mercy. There's even hand movements. Waves of grace. Every move I make, I see your face. Y'all don't look at me like I'm an alien. This is, it was the 90s. It's what we did, okay? We danced, we bopped. Things should not have worked, but they worked in the 90s. I still think about that. I'm like, why did it work in the 90s? We could sing like bop, 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 and people were like, whoa, shaba. And, and it's like, how did that work? And it, was, it must have been something in the moment, you know? <laughs> and all the moody worshipers are like, kill me. Like, just, just take me out. Like, Give me obsession and all these heavy songs. And then you've got the spirit-filled people like, I'm going to dance in the river. And it worked. It worked. But, you know, I, was, I remember I, I, I was playing those four songs. And I was staying here. I was playing here. I was playing drums at that time. And I was dreaming about what it would be like to lead worship. And I was standing there playing these songs, just dreaming, singing waves of mercy, waves of grace, and just dreaming. And then I started dreaming about, and, and so then that happened. And then I got started preaching, and I started dreaming about cars going down the road and lining up Providence Road. And I dreamed that you'll feel the presence of the Lord when you get to 485. That's my dream. I, I could go wider, but that's my dream right now. I would dream that when you cross over 485 and you come into the inside of that loop, you feel God's presence. That's my ring. I want to have presence. It's a dream. It's a dream. 
What's your dream? I have other dreams. I want to go to Ireland. It's not so spiritual. But what's your dream? Jesus is in Ireland. Holy Spirit, would you help us with this? I don't really know how to end this. <laughs> but Lord, would you help us with this? I've just been burning in my heart for days, just days. Um, I, I, uh, I won't share anything that was shared with me, but it stirred in my spirit when Pastor David came over to my house and said, can we just sit down and dream together? I thought I'd never been asked that before. Let's dream together. We sat outside and we dreamed. I said, this is actually fun. This is so fun. I like dreams. I'm giving you permission to dream together. You don't need it, but I'm still giving it to you. Dream. Listen, spouses, let your spouse dream. Talking to all you guys, let them dream. When they dream, don't be like, well, you did this, and I remember how that went, so we're not doing that again. I didn't say just let them do anything, but let them dream. <laughs> Remember the last time you dreamed. <laughs> that, that could go really funny right there. Dream. Let them dream. Let your kids dream. Don't put your cap on them that maybe you had as a child. Don't tell them, well, you know, I remember I had those dreams too, but then... What you're saying is, I used to live outside of fear, but, but then I got fear, so let me bring you into fear. No, give them courage. Give them courage. I ask for an impartation of courage right now, a boldness and courage. I know this is a thing because in Acts, it talks about when they had a prayer meeting and the place was shaken, and the thing that they asked for before it was shaken was more boldness and more courage. So something can happen when we ask for it that shakes heaven and earth. Let's stand up. I'm going to pray over you and, and release you. Prayer team, would you come up? I, I think some of you may want to come up with a prayer team member. They will help. Listen, sometimes you just got to break some words off yourself. The, the, your words on yourself are some of the most harmful words. So as you, as you pray and we just wrap this thing up, Listen to the Holy Spirit this morning. Maybe he's speaking to you about an area that you said you just came into agreement with a lie and said, that's never going to happen. Break that thing off. And if you need help breaking it off, they will pray with you and just walk you through. We break those words off in Jesus' name. Some of you said, I'll never be able to that. I'll always be poor. We break that off in Jesus' name. I'll never be able to do that. You don't know my history. I know your destiny. And he doesn't look at you through history. He only can look at you through destiny. So we break that off of you. Abusive relationships that have this feeling of I'm not valuable. We break that off you. You are valuable. Dream again. Dream again. Dream again. <laughs> Lord, I... I ask that you would bless this house with a culture that we would be a people that we, we want to see a revival of dreams.
Revive our dreams. Revive our dreams. <laughs> this may be for my wife, but I, it may be for someone else. Someone really wants a garden. Like your dream was to have, she's like, that's, I'll take it still. Um, your dream is a garden and you put it away because it was like, it's just not important enough. I think God wants you to hear that, whoever you are. It is really important to him because it's really important to you. So go buy your seeds. Even if it's small, go buy your seeds. I bless you. The Lord is just, I ask that the Lord would bless you to take the cap off your mind. And the, I didn't get to the scriptures this morning that said, who will inherit the kingdom? It's the children. It's those that are like the children. What makes a child a child? There is a lot of things, but one of them is that they are fearless. They know that if I jump off the steps, that'll catch me. They don't worry about fear. They dream about being an astronaut. They don't know anything else. Those are the ones that inherit the kingdom. It's the dreamers. So may you be a dreamer. May we steward a culture of dreams. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need prayer, they'll pray with you. Um, but maybe just love on a couple people around you before you go home. You've been listening to The Gate Charlotte's podcast. Consider subscribing so you don't miss a message. We're sending this to someone who might need encouragement today. Thanks for joining us.